What's the biggest contributor to most people's sleep issues? In my opinion and other professionals' opinions, it's stress management. My opinion is based on all the work I do with clients and the assessment phase, where we discuss your lifestyle as it fits into the four domains, nutrition, your body, your bedroom setup, and mind space. And no matter what the hiccups are in those domains, they tend to point towards unhealthy stress management. So for this interview, I reached out to Lauren Wolf, a Connecticut-based family therapist who specializes in one particular way to manage your stress throughout the day. It's called Emotional Freedom Technique. We talk about how it works, why it works, and how she came to learn its effectiveness. Unfortunately, it was during one of the most tragic events of American history where she was nearby as it unfolded. You're going to want to tap into this episode of The Why Behind Your Z's. Welcome to The Why Behind Your Z's podcast. The show that helps you maximize your sleep one night at a time. Brought to you by SleepYouDeserve.com. Welcome to another episode of The Why Behind Your Z's. I am your host, Paul Bright, certified sleep science coach and Air Force veteran. In today's episode, I interview Lauren Wolf, a family therapist who also hosts her own podcast, Your Zen Friend. I originally tapped Lauren to talk about her expertise in emotional freedom technique, since many of my clients and audience members have stress-related sleep issues. So I work as a licensed professional counselor, mainly with children and adolescents. I live in Fairfield County, Connecticut. I've been a therapist for more than 20 years. The math gets too hard at this point. So somewhere between 20 and 25 years, I absolutely love working with families, love what I do. And yeah, so happy to be here with you today, Paul. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on here to talk and about things that are related to sleep that are beyond my scope. And I always love having experts in other fields that are related to, to contribute because, you know, as we've had conversations before, it's a pretty, pretty holistic affair when it comes to sleep, uh, when it includes mental health and, and anxiety reduction. What got you to working with the uh, specializing with families? I originally wanted to specialize in working with eating disorders, which is predominantly older adolescent girls. And I found that I just always had a real connection with children. And when I was working at this particular private practice where I was for about 13 years, I always was working with younger children and children who had anxiety. And I loved the work I did with them. And I found that I was able to really help them decrease anxiety. And at one point I realized, why am I really searching to work with eating disorders? I think except for the fact that that was something I had dealt with when I was younger. So I really started out wanting to kind of pay it forward, being so grateful of the people that helped me. But I, at some point just realized, yeah, this is, these are the people that I'm working with, the younger kids with anxiety. I'm good at this. I love this. 
And when I really just kind of embraced that, whoop, I got really, really busy. And I do still work with some individuals with eating disorders, but it's not predominantly what I do. And yeah, I love what I do. I love, love working with kids. So fun. That's awesome. That's really good. You found you found your path through yeah. struggle. <laughs> yeah. And then it just kept going and building and morphing. And I love that. I love that. Thank it's you. Probably Thank led you. To a lot of things that you, you do now. I love it. And I got to sleep coaching almost the same way because it, it started with me having a problem. And I didn't even know you could be a sleep oh, coach yeah. until, until maybe five years after I got rid of my issues. And I was like, hey, I wonder wow. if you can have this as a profession besides the people that do all the sleep tests in the hospital. I was like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> this is cool. So, you know, and I keep learning about different things that help people sleep to include something that we're going to talk about today, because you mentioned this when we did uh, an mm -hmm. episode on your show, EFT. Tapping. Yeah. EFT, which stands for emotional freedom technique, which is also often referred to as tapping. And the short way to explain it is that you're essentially using talk therapy while also tapping on different meridian points on the body. So if you think about acupuncture, where a practitioner is inserting tiny little needles into different points of your body that's based upon Chinese medicine, you're tapping on different points. So really kind of like an acupressure while you're using the talk therapy. And it can be used to really reduce big feelings of emotion, to get clarity on a situation, to even help heal from trauma. That's a technique that you would go and work with a practitioner to really heal your trauma. Not something I advise people to try to do on their own, but there are modalities and ways that people can use it on their own as self-care, which is so cool because I think as a mental health provider, I don't want people to have to depend on me forever, but I want to help them find tips and tricks that help them to, you know, manage difficult feelings and just move through life on their own. That's really yeah. good. You know, one of the things I talk about with with uh, sleep coaching and working with clients is that there, there's an area of mind space where you got to figure out and do different things for your mind. It's different for everybody, but sometimes you sleep better when you can prepare yourself by reducing anxiety. If anxiety is what you believe is keeping you up, do you just tap mm -hmm. anywhere on your body? You said you said something about meridian points. Yeah, yeah, great question. So. Probably you could because we've got a lot of different meridian points on our body, but there's a particular protocol for EFT where there are, depending on who you're um, talking to, which EFT practi practitioner, there's either eight points or nine points. So the way that I was trained, we now use nine points and you don't have to do them in any particular order. It doesn't matter, but I think the easiest way to do it is just starting at the top of your head. There's a point right in the middle of the head, then right where the eyebrow starts, side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, under the chin, or on the chin really, under the collarbone, under the armpit. That's where kids say, you're making this up. No, <laughs> I know it's a weird <laughs> spot, but I'm not making this up. Right. And uh, the gamut point, which is on the top of the hand between ring and pinky finger knuckles. And you know what I'll do too, Paul, I'm going to make a graphic and have just a short explanation. Awesome. So if you want to include my email 
in your show notes. People can email me if they'd like that, and I'm happy to send that to them. Because I'm I'm like pointing to the points, but only you can see me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, for sure. Right, right. I like, yeah. Okay, so there are specific points. You don't just just tap. Yes. And, and like, how hard do you tap? No. Yeah. So if you're a teenage boy, you tap really, really hard. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> like <you're drumming. laughs> exactly. So hard, I can hear you tapping on your sternum. But really, you just want to apply like a little bit of pressure so that it's hard enough that you can feel it, but it's comfortable. Okay. So you know, you're not trying to bruise yourself (laughs) you just have to feel it and what's really cool is we actually have meridian points on the fingertips Mm -hmm. so you're not just getting the benefit of tapping on that say like if i'm tapping in the top of in the middle of my head i'm not just getting the benefits of tapping right there i'm also getting the benefits of that tapping you know my head kind of touching my fingertips as well you really start with the side of the hand. So the side of the hand, if you kind of bend your fingers over and then you look along the pinky side of the hand and then you just take the opposite hand, doesn't matter which hand you use, and you just tap right under that like, or right alongside the pinky finger side, alongside the side of the hand. Our discussion turned to Lauren's origins of learning tapping And that's when she revealed her close connection to the Sandy Hook tragedy and vicarious trauma. Warning, this section of our interview discusses gun violence and children. Listener discretion is advised. Since I first was exposed to it 10 years ago, it now has a lot of research on it showing the effectiveness of it. But living in i live in newtown connecticut and having gone through the sandy hook tragedy where so many teachers and children were killed that's when i was really first introduced to it in a kind of a deeper way or i guess i should say i had a real experience because i was invited to a like workshop for self-care for practitioners who were working with children and families affected by the Sandy Hook tragedy. And I went and I had such a profound experience from tapping in a group. So I wasn't even tapping on my own specific challenges, but I went home that night, Paul, and my son is the same age as the children who were murdered. And so every night when I would put him to bed, I would have a thought what if it had been him and now we were this far out right so at this point this was just before the year anniversary and so that night i came home after having this tapping experience i put him to bed and i had the thought what if this had been my son and it was like a voice said to me like that's not your situation that's not for you and i had no emotional response i didn't have all the fear that I typically had when I would think that thought. And I thought, well, that's weird. And then as I continued each night, I no longer had all of that fear that was in my body. So at that point, I was so lucky to join this group. This was like a weird situation, but Nick Ortner has written the best-selling book, The Tapping Solution. He happened to live in my town of Newtown, Connecticut. Hmm. He was working with a practitioner named Lori Layden, and 
helping Lori and some other clinicians who went to Rwanda to tap with orphans of the terrible genocide there. Because they found that in order to help people heal trauma, they didn't have the time and resources to do individual sessions with them. So they started doing healing in these group tapping sessions and found it to be really effective. So from there, they trained 12, oh, I forget they had a name for them, but they trained 12 community members to then tap with their community. And so on the day of the Sandy Hook tragedy, Nick called Lori and said, like, it's happening here. My whole community is traumatized. What should I do? And she said, I think we do the same thing. So she came to Newtown and helped train other individuals. And so I got involved in training and they were so generous that for a year and a half, it was me and nine other clinicians that were chosen. We did training twice a month for, my God, like eight hours at a time. We had to do our own healing and tapping with them. And then they were giving us, helping community members get to us to do uh, EFT. And so really what was born from my own experience that then made me say like, I have to learn how to do this and get it to other people. That is so valuable. That's so good. And what you spoke about, I think is something that we in the mental health and social services field have an understanding of, but not necessarily everyone else who may be leaders in their families that are dealing with tragedies or not necessarily directly. And that's vicarious trauma. Oh, good point. Vicarious trauma is exactly that, where you weren't part of the tragedy, but you were related to it or close enough to it. Mm -hmm. You start feeling the anxiety and some of the symptoms of people that were related to the trauma trauma go through. So they get the the anxiety, the inability to sleep, even though they weren't in the middle of it, they were close enough to it. And it sounds like when you were able to do the tapping, as you were looking at your own son, who, like you said, was the same age as those Mm -hmm. who died in the Sandy Mm -hmm. tragedy, you started feeling that release of all the tension and emotions of what sounds like vicarious trauma. A hundred percent. And, and what I now realize having lived through this is when we hear these horrible stories and, you know, I'm just thinking of gun violence in particular, it's so horrible for the people directly impacted, but the way it affects everyone in that community is just something I would have never thought of because for all of us, so Sandy Hook is part of Newtown. So we were all in the same town. It's a small town and there's different elementary schools. We were all in lockdown for that entire day, not knowing what was happening, getting false information, not knowing who was safe, who was in danger. So right there, most parents had some level of trauma, right? And then if, you know, if you think about all the other people, the coroners and the ambulance drivers and the police officers and like, and on, I mean, I could talk about that for hours. I won't go down that road, but just to say, I think more than ever, we need tools to help ourselves to heal trauma at, you know, the biggest level and tools to just help ourselves work through difficult emotions that are healthy coping mechanisms and not drinking alcohol or overuse of medication or shopping or whatever. You know, uh, it's, it's interesting because when you work in these type of fields, it's weird. You're used to certain types of tragedies. You're used to certain types Mm -hmm. of complications, 
but something happening at that level with Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it can be harder to go through. And yeah, I think within our specific type of population, people that are in the healing or the services fields with this, um, we mm-hmm. can take for granted the, some of these tools. Like we know we could, oh, we can go to our own therapist and all that. But like you said, mm-hmm. some people don't have that resource necessarily. And then for us, we can say, well, we know how to, we know how to do this type of work. So mm-hmm. I don't need to go to a therapist. I don't need to go see a right. counselor. I got friends I can talk to, which is great in the moment, but then you come home. And then, right. Not the and, same. And then not the same. <laughs> yes. And then you try to yes. sleep. The tapping can definitely help. Yeah. I mean, I think you can use it at any time of day or night. I had, I'm thinking of this little cutie middle school boy that I used to work with and he was so sweet. He came to me and he had a really big phobia of vomiting. And this is not typical. Results are not typical, but he and I had literally one 50 minute session of tapping and he was no longer scared of vomiting. Mm. And I, I would say to him, like, let's say his name was Billy. I'd be like, Billy, I feel really mean, but like, imagine your sister vomiting. What if I vomited right now? I'm going to make gagging noises, like really looking like, are you having a reaction? And he didn't. So I only saw him for a handful of sessions after that, but he, he referred another middle school boy, a friend of his. (laughs) So now I really felt so honored. So now now I'm seeing this kid. So the second kid's in there and he says to me, you know, we had a test today in school and I was feeling really anxious. So I just started tapping and then I looked over and like Billy was tapping too. And I'm like, oh my God, boys, do not tap in the middle of your middle school class. That's the best. Yeah, you know, you want to get a girlfriend or boyfriend, that's never going to happen if you're tapping away in the middle of your class. So I think best to do it when you're in private or some people like to do it driving, you know, with just one hand. Um, And here's where I think it can be great, which is, at the basic level, if you just start at the top of your head and just tap like, you know, a good five or six times, take a nice deep breath in, take a nice slow breath out, especially if you wanna make the exhale longer than the inhale, and then just go to the eyebrow point, do the same thing. And just go through all the points, you know, one round, two rounds, whatever you need. I like to do that after work when I'm returning home. I will do that before bedtime often. It's just a way to feel more calm and grounded in your body. And you don't have to remember the protocol to using it. There is a specific protocol and I'm happy to talk about that if you'd like, Paul, but that's just one real basic, simple way to use it. Or I tell my kids, you can just simply put your hands together like, put your thumbs together, pointer, middle, you know, make that kind of little steeple with your hands and just kind of apply a little pressure or just tap both hands together. And that's a nice way of also feeling calm and grounded. And you can, you know, put your hands under your desk at school and just connect fingertips or find that gamut point that runs between pinky and ring finger knuckles on the top of your hand and just apply even a little pressure with your other hand. No one can see you do that, but it's just a way of getting more common grounded. Right. 
and doing it in private. I, mm -hmm. I, I like that idea. It's not like you're trying to hide it, but right. it becomes more personable and you become more in touch with yourself. I can see if you're making sure yeah. this is for me to do, um, you know, in the car before I get out, before I work. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. I similarly, um, I know you do this too, because mm -hmm. you like to do the meditations, the guided yeah. meditations. Mm -hmm. I do too. And yeah, using the body scan. And I do tend to start at the top of the head with, mm -hmm. the, with, with some of my stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah. raise your eyebrows as high as you can try to touch your, you know, and then relax, you know, and mm -hmm. I do that all the way to the neck. And I find sometimes with people, um, when I asked them, well, how did it go? It's like, well, I got as far as the neck and then I passed out. I'm like, well, cool. <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to know how the rest of it went. It's like, well, right. if I can get there, you know. Yeah. Um, but with tapping, hitting some of these similar points, I don't think you're going to fall asleep, which is awesome. No. Um, but you'll be more <laughs> relaxed. Yes. I, good point. Yes. I've never fallen asleep tapping. And yeah, if I'm someone that likes to go, go, go. So very often if I sit down quietly, I will fall asleep, but I have not fallen asleep tapping. Yeah. Okay. That's good. It's a nice, it sounds like a nice, good tension release. Absolutely. From, from things too. Yeah. If you're feeling really angry or really stressed or really anxious, it's just a good way to just decrease that emotion. Okay. After the break, Lauren gives us a protocol on how to use tapping for those times when you go to bed and you're scared that you're not going to sleep. Hi, I'm Lauren Wolf, host of the Your Zen Friend podcast. On this podcast, I share wisdom from working as a licensed mental health therapist for more than 20 years. Using storytelling and lighthearted humor, each episode explores themes on personal growth, including tips and strategies to improve your mental health and overall well-being. By subscribing to this podcast, you will get a new episode every Tuesday and also receive A Drop of Zen, a short guided meditation each Friday. If you're a perfectly imperfect human like me, who's always striving to do better and feel better, then this podcast is for you. Find your Zen friend on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, so I'm thinking probably for my listeners that are looking mm -hmm. for different ways to relax before bed, but this isn't necessarily going to put you to sleep. Mm -mm. This might be something good to try probably an hour before bedtime. When you get to that mm -hmm. point, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, which is not mm -hmm. go from working to the bone to trying to mm -hmm. pass out and you give yourself like a good half hour, hour space, this might be something good to put into practice like that point where, okay, now I'm changing to my sleeping clothes or you know, let me do this right after I put up the laundry before I start relaxing and go to bed. So maybe this is really a really good time to do that for those who are going to use it to help themselves get ready for bed. Absolutely. But even, you know, I tend to work in the evening because I'm working mainly with kids and teens who are in school. And so sometimes I don't get home until like 930. And I typically go to bed around 1030. So if that's the case, and you know, now it's maybe 11, maybe a little bit later, but I'm still feeling kind of amped up from work, I'll hop into bed and I will just tap through the points okay. a few times and that's do it good. right there just to kind of bring it down. Like 
I think anytime. Yeah. In a perfect world, do all that, have a nice long hour, two hours to relax before bed, but in a pinch, you know, five minutes and I promise you'll feel a difference. Yeah. So I think if you as a listener out there take nothing away today, besides just start at the top of your head and, you know, breathe in nice and deeply and nice, long, slow exhale out, and then go to the next point, do the same thing. I think awesome. If you want to understand a little bit more, here's how you do it. You basically just check in and notice how you're feeling. So say you're getting ready for bed and maybe you're someone who has trouble sleeping. And I'm sure you work with a lot of people that do this, Paul, where I'm afraid that I'm not going to sleep well. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. The Which pervasive is pervasive thought. Of yes. Like, don't think about a pink pony. <laughs> exactly. exactly. What happens. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, if you've got that fear, yes, probably you're not going to sleep well, but also right round and round you go. It's hard to bring that fear down. All right. So you have that thought. I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well. Then check in and ask yourself zero to 10. How big does it feel? So let's say it's an eight. So now we're going to just simply say that statement. So you're going to go to that side of your hand, you know, bending the fingers down, just tapping along the side of the hand under the pinky. And you're just going to say, even though, so it always starts with even though, even though I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well. And it's, what did I say? It's a nine. We'll say it's a nine. Oh, I said eight. Thank you. And it's an eight. And now you need a balancing statement. And what is most traditionally used in tapping is I love and accept myself or I love and accept myself anyway. And if that's just too, like a bridge too far for, for some people, you can just say like, and that's the way it is, right? You just need something kind of at least neutral. And you say that three times. So three times tapping in the side of your hand, you'd say, even though I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well, it's innate. That's just the way it is, even though, right? You do that three times. Then you go to the top of your head and you just tap on that point in the middle of your head. I'm not going to sleep well. Eyebrow point. I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well. Side of the eye. I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well. And you just keep saying something like, I'm afraid I'm not going to sleep well. Tapping through all of the points. I would do at least two rounds and then you check in and you notice how big does it feel now? Usually it'll feel smaller. Sometimes it goes, it gets a little bit bigger and that's okay. And you just stick with it and you just stay with it, continuing with that until you get it down as low as you'd like. When I'm tapping with individuals, I usually try to get it down to at least a four or a three. (laughs) It's so, it's so funky yet. It sounds almost counterintuitive. Totally. Tell me. You're repeating this statement that of the thought that you're most afraid of speaking it out loud and releasing the energy associated with that statement kind mm-hmm. of brings you to what you want. So beautifully said. So often people are basically like, wait, say what? Like that's going to stress me out more. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you think back to what, like early two thousands, when we were all into positive affirmations and like, I move into relaxation and a great night of sleep. Well, guess what? Your subconscious is going to say BS because that's what's really there. But if instead we're like pushed it down, we don't want to look at it. It's still there. So with tapping, you really acknowledge and sit with the fear or the difficult feelings 
in a way that, you know, you've got that balancing statement that says, you know, I love and accept myself or with kids. I do, you know, even though I'm afraid I won't sleep, I'm still an awesome kid, right? You've got that balancing statement. That's basically like, I accept myself, even though I've got this thing, even though I'm not sleeping and I'm scared, I'm I'm not going to sleep well. So by really being able to sit with that difficult feeling, it helps it to decrease. And it's yeah. in a way, it's like the tapping, especially with yeah. people that have difficulty sleeping and they know that's the worry and anxiety that that is um, making it worse by accepting yeah. it and tapping and getting that emotional release from it. It could lead to actually end up leading to better sleep because now it's like, okay, 100%. I've dealt with it. Here it is. Um, your body will will respond. The body does does try to do things, and whether you consciously think it's happening to you or not, um, it definitely happens. And I think some totally. people do accept it because when they go on vacation, one of the first things they do is try to get a massage. You know, I can't wait to sit in the sauna. I can't wait to yeah. get a massage like that. It's right. nothing to do with the traumatic brain or whatever yeah. caused trauma. When you think about it at the service level, yet your body has been responding to it. Yeah. And even when your sleep is very light, even if you're getting six hours of sleep, but it's very light um, and you're not getting to deep sleep uh, for whatever reason, your your immune system has a hard time building up. Your reward system has a hard time of building up all these things that that keep you level and benefit you in the long term um, have a hard time building up. And unless you end up really getting a good, deep, relaxing sleep the worse it gets as you get older. And so something like a tapping method, if you use it during the day to help release that tension buildup actually can benefit your, your sleep at night. You start totally, I can totally see where this would help you get deeper sleep, deeper hours, because you're now your serotonin, your endorphins, your, your natural dopamine production that's happening. It's not getting complicated because you've been releasing the emotional tensions related to whatever you're going through. Uh, 100%. It's like, you know, I saw a meme recently that said something about like, when has anyone ever relaxed when somebody told them to relax, right? right? Like if I get really worked up about something and my husband meaning well is like, just relax. Like down. now I'm like even more angry. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm coming for him, How you know? Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Yes. Because you just can't like talk yourself into relaxing typically if you're really having a big emotional reaction and with the tapping because you're not just in that prefrontal cortex you're having that experience it is helping you to better do that instead with eft you know you continue tapping you stay with that emotion or that feeling or fear that the person's having and they almost always get to a point where they have a reframe that's so beautiful and now it's so powerful for them because it came from them and from their experience and i'm just you know i'm thinking of a little a child who was in the sandy hook tragedy and and like 10 15 minutes and the intensity of what we were tapping on was so much smaller and i asked him how do you know it's smaller and he said because my pain used to wrap around the whole world and now it just goes from this end of the room to the other Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, like that is a profound experience, right? Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. 
You provided such valuable insight into how we can tap into stress relief for better sleep. And when you have less stress, you have more success in getting the sleep you deserve. Once again, you can find Lauren Wolf on her podcast, Your Zen Friend. The link to her podcast is in the show notes, and it is also available on almost every major podcast player. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Why Behind Your Z's. For more information and additional advice on how to help you get the sleep that you deserve, check the show notes for our email subscriber list. You can also visit our website, sleepyoudeserve.com.